Hey there, it's Bailey Hancock, career happiness strategist, creator of The One Year Career, and your host of The Bailey Hancock Show, a podcast that helps people figure out how to make big career moves with small steps. Navigating your career doesn't have to suck. I'm here to help you learn to love the process. Hey guys, Bailey Hancock here. Today you're getting me just solo. Every couple of episodes on this podcast, it'll just be me and you, and it'll pretty much just be me talking about a specific topic. These will be shorter episodes. They won't include a guest, um, but hopefully you'll get something out of them. So today I want to talk about making big moves with small steps, which if you've been paying attention, that is the whole point of this podcast and of the one-year career philosophy. So it's about two weeks into January by the time this is coming out, which most likely is about the time that the majority of people are no longer paying attention to the goals that they set for themselves at the end of 2017. Don't feel bad if this is you. This is the majority of people. We have all of these great plans and these big ideas generally at the end of the year when we're feeling excited about the incoming new year. And for most people, those get written on a piece of paper or in a journal and then stuck in a drawer somewhere not to be seen again till the end of that year. So I'm here today to help you figure out how to not make that your reality this year. This year, guys, is going to be different. This year is going to be your year. Whatever it is that you're setting out to achieve in 2018, I'm going to help you in this podcast come up with nine specific ways that you can make that happen. So pay attention. First things first, I'm a big proponent of picking one major goal to achieve in your career at a time. That isn't to say that you can't have other goals, but I think it's important to be able to focus in on one particular thing so that you can set really actionable steps and be able to see your progress and see if you've actually hit this goal. So pick one big goal. This is going to be your big move for 2018. This can be literally anything in your career. If you are currently feeling a little bit stagnant in your job and you don't really know what to do next, maybe your big goal this year is to figure out what you want to do next in your career. Maybe you love your job and you love your company, but you're kind of ready for a move. Maybe you're ready to advance yourself or get a new role in the company or switch departments or get a promotion, get a title change. That's awesome too. Maybe you're over it and you want to go out on your own and you want to start your own company or a side project. Maybe you want to spend more time on something that you've been doing just on nights and weekends and maybe make that be a profitable thing for you so that in 2019, that could be your goal to take it solo. Or maybe you've been doing a few different kinds of things in your career. Maybe you've got a side gig. Maybe you've got a full-time day job. Maybe you've got a hobby that you're trying to increase a little bit. And this year, you're really focusing on trying to increase um, the success of one of those areas. Whatever it is, pick your big move and write it down. Writing it down, I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but it's something like 30% more likely to actually happen if you write it down and if you tell people, which we'll get to, that's a future step. So always write it down. Don't stick it in a drawer. Don't stick it in a notebook and then in a bookcase. I love whiteboards. There's one behind me if you're watching this. Um, and I always keep my goals front and center. I actually have a clipboard hanging up next to my desk that listed out all of my goals for 2017. And I picked, I had four on there, but they were all kind of different elements of my business. I'm also a crazy person and a multi-passionate, so it's not unusual for me to have a couple different goals based on my different career elements. So keep them front and center so you don't forget. Second step. Figure out what you need to do, what you need to learn, 
and who you need to connect with in order to achieve this big goal. So what do you need to do? This is the experience you need to gain in order to achieve your big move. So perhaps if you're trying to get a promotion, maybe you've, gener you've just got to put in more time at your job. Maybe you need to do more projects. Maybe you need to take more leadership roles. Whatever it is, that's your to-do. What you need to learn are things like if you're, say you are trying to go for that promotion, but in order to be at the next level in your company, you actually need an MBA which don't get me wrong, I never suggest getting an MBA unless you truly need it. I have one, I'm allowed to say that. But maybe this is as simple as you're trying to move departments at your company and you've always wanted to be a graphic designer but have never gotten any formal education in it. So maybe you take an online course or you sign up for a night course at a community college. Whatever that is, put that down too. That's the thing you need to learn in order to make your next big move. The third thing is who do you need to connect with in order to make this move? Never underestimate the incredible importance of the people in your network and the people in your community. This is something where if you are trying to get a promotion, we'll stick with that example for the moment, who in your company could you get on your team to help support that promotion talk on the inside? Could you speak with a VP of another department, maybe help them out a little bit, let them know that you're looking to grow inside of the company and find ways to help them help you in that journey. It's always great to have an internal person on your team who's sitting in the meetings where these conversations are being had that you're not invited to because you're not there yet. Or if you're looking for a new job this year and you're trying to change industries, who do you know in your network that can help introduce you to somebody who can help make that happen? Um, one of the topics that comes up the most in these interviews that I'm doing for the podcast are how important it is to meet new people. Never assume you know what their value is going to be to you because you have no idea. You just don't. Never assume you know anything. Just assume you know nothing. That's just a good place to be. Assume that we're all Jon Snow. Um, and nurture the relationships that you have. So you don't have to constantly be out networking at new events because that's exhausting and frankly, it's not a good use of your time, even for the super extroverted people among us. Really nurture the relationships you already have because that's where the good stuff is. I'm a big fan of making deposits to your friendship banks before you need to withdraw. And what that means is reach out when you don't need something. Reach out just to say, hey, you know, LinkedIn is great for keeping up with what your people in your network are up to. So every time I see somebody in my community get a promotion or switch jobs or post something insightful or something I think is great, I will always comment or shoot them a little note saying, hey, congrats on that, you know, way to go. Or I loved that post. That, that really got me thinking. People love to feel like other people are paying attention to them. And don't do this in a way that isn't genuine because people can tell that too. But have a genuine sense of curiosity and concern about the people who you're already connected to because those are the people that are going to then in turn think positively of you and help you when you do need help. So for this situation, figure out to hit your big move or make your big move this year, who in your community can help you achieve that. Okay, step number three, you need to set up actionable steps that you can take to achieve all of those things that you just identified. So the people you need to meet, the experience you need to gain, the lessons or the curriculum or the topics you need to learn, set up tiny moves or small steps in the whole make big moves with small steps thing. Set up your small steps 
And then those are gonna be your action items for 2018. So once you have your small steps laid out, you have all the people you need to meet, the things you need to learn, the things you need to do, now you can plot it out on your one-year career timeline. And all that is is a damn calendar, you guys. It's not fancy, it doesn't exist. It's a calendar, it's a journal, it's a notebook, it's whatever works for you that you're gonna be able to look at and pay attention to week by week is what you need to do. So I like breaking things into four quarters because there are four quarters in the year, it's three months, 90 days is about a good amount of time that you can accomplish a lot. So everything that you've just identified for your action items for 2018, break those things up into four compartments. So maybe you wanna start with the things that you need to learn because that's something you can do right away, but it takes time. So maybe quarter one is all about researching online courses. That could be good for you to take. It could be researching schools. It could be asking around your network for, you know, who knows a good place to learn about graphic design. Um, for the connections, that's something super easy because all you have to do is start reaching out right now. So maybe make a list of like two people that you want to reach out to every month that you think could help you and make a plan, set a timer for yourself, set a reminder on your calendar to reach out to those people and give them a very clear understanding of what it is that you're reaching out about. Cause that's something that people tend to mess up on. A lot of times if you're reaching out to somebody and you need them to introduce you to somebody, this is like one of my number one pet peeves. When people email me and say, Hey Bailey, I see you're connected to so-and-so on LinkedIn. Can you connect me? Thanks. The way I look at that is, well, what if their goal is to like murder their whole family? I'm not just going to connect them randomly. Granted, I don't think, I hope nobody has my email that is a murderer, but you just don't know this world's crazy. So instead, what you should do when reaching out to somebody for an introduction is make it super easy for them. So instead it should read, hey Bailey, I see you're connected to so-and-so on LinkedIn. Link that person's name and email to their LinkedIn profile because there's a solid chance that whoever you're asking for an intro maybe doesn't actually know that person personally because there's a lot of that on LinkedIn. It's not to say that they can't do an intro, but just be helpful. So I see you know so-and-so on LinkedIn. I'm looking to reach out to them because I'm interested in changing industries and I see that they're VP of a graphic design department at this really cool company. If you're willing, I would love for you to connect us so that I can pick their brain or learn a little bit more, or do an informational interview with them on how I can get into that space. Here's what you can use as copy if you are willing to connect me. This is the most crucial part, and I will tell you, if you do this, your chances of getting somebody to intro you go through the roof. So when I want an intro, I will always provide the person I'm asking for the intro with the exact words that they can use when emailing that person on my behalf. So it could say, hi, so-and-so, my friend so-and-so is interested in getting into this space. They saw on LinkedIn that we're connected and that you work at this cool company. Are you cool with an intro? Thanks, let me know, hope all is well. So basically you've just written that intro email for your connection to connect you. If this is all confusing, it'll get clear later, but basically just make it easy for people to help you. That's like just a major piece of life advice anyway, but help people help you. So if you're gonna ask for those intros, just have a templated email set up. Um, Gmail has canned responses. It's a little thing you can click in the bottom right corner of your compose window that allows you to save templated emails. 
create a great little email template that you can use to send to all of those people that you're going to ask for connections from that that way you don't have to rewrite it every single time get a really great you know email written have somebody copy edit it for you proofread it whatever don't overthink it and then just use that over and over so that is let's see yeah your quarter so if you figure out how many people you want introductions to every month if it's two if it's five whatever set your number and then in terms of experience this is where you can be a little bit creative so if you're trying to get into graphic design, maybe you say, okay, quarter two and quarter three are gonna be all about me getting experience just doing this. This is the good thing about gaining experience. In almost every situation, you don't have to ask permission to start doing something. The way that the world is now with technology being so prevalent and people just making up job titles and just going for things left and right, you don't have to go back to school necessarily to say be a graphic designer you can start doing graphic design at any time. Now, granted, you're probably not gonna get paid for it if you don't know what you're doing initially, but that's okay. The beginning stages should be all about doing whatever it is that you gotta do to go from where you are today to where you wanna be in, say, a year. So if that's becoming a graphic designer, I would say start working, you know, volunteering for a nonprofit and offering to make their flyers. Um, I am a big fan of joining professional organizations and offering to do like logo design or whatever. Like you can find ways to start doing that thing without needing somebody to necessarily pay you for it. Now, here's a little side note on this. If you get to this place and you're like, I don't want to be spending a bunch of my free time doing this thing that I'm not getting paid for, that's fine. But know that that means you probably don't actually want to do that thing bad enough. It's a good thing to know, but if you get there and you're like, yeah, I don't want to do this. I'd rather just get paid and then come home and play video games and, you know, drink a bottle of wine every night. Cool. Then just realize that you're going to stay where you are until you find that drive and that motivation to start making actionable steps to getting to your goal. No harm, no foul though. If you find you don't want to do it, cool. Switch gears, pick a new goal. We'll talk about that in a second. So yeah, break those things into quarters, figure out you know, maybe quarter two and quarter three are all about doing the free work. Quarter four could be all about um, putting together a portfolio and starting to get a website together with all of the examples of your work that you've just been six months doing. Whatever it is, break it out. And then within each of those quarters, of course, you have three months that you can spread things across. But here's a really important piece, and this actually is step number five. Figure out how to measure success. So for each of those actionable steps that you're gonna take and spread across those four quarters, have some kind of tangible way to measure whether you've achieved it or not. These are all basically mini goals if you think about it. So if you say, yeah, I'm gonna do a bunch of free work in quarter two and quarter three, what does that mean? How many projects do you wanna take on? How many people do you wanna approach? If it's getting connections, how many people would feel good to get introduced to? So say it's 10 in this year. Maybe you need to reach out to like 20 then because not everybody's going to get back to you. 50% is probably a decent percentage that you can expect, but you just don't always know. So set actionable steps and then figure out what success looks like for each of those steps. Next up, step six, get an accountability buddy. I cannot tell you how crucial this step is, and it's one that I missed until actually like one year ago. I spent the majority of my life goal setting like a crazy person and doing it all by myself. 
I had nobody to check in with. I had nobody holding me accountable. I had nobody encouraging me, but myself. And no matter how motivated and driven you are, it's still necessary to have people on your team cheering you along and holding you accountable and saying, hey, didn't you say you wanted to switch industries? Like, where are you with that? So here's what I'll say about accountability buddies today. I'm a big proponent of having a goal group, which includes two to maybe five people that you regularly check in with each other. I'm in a goal group with four other entrepreneurial women. And every Monday, we send out our goals for the coming week. And then the following Monday, we recap how we did on last week's goals and set new goals for this week. Most of the time, we are replying to each other's emails, but only if we needed it. So this isn't about making more work for yourself and having to like stay on top of other people and their goals since, yeah, you've got a lot going on in your life. I get it. This is more about showing up and recognizing that if you don't respond to those weekly emails with your own goals, like you're going to get called out most likely because nobody likes to feel like they're putting in all the effort and they're putting themselves out there for you to just read the email and delete it and not, you know, comment back. So it's less about having feedback and more about showing up because you know that it'll be noticed if you don't. It's the same thing with having a gym buddy. You know, you're not, you're less likely to sleep in and, and skip the gym in the morning if you know somebody's there waiting for you. Same idea. So I'm going to have a future episode all about goal groups and accountability buddies. But for now, find at least one person that is also setting goals for themselves that you guys can be there for each other throughout the year. You don't have to check in every week, but it's helpful because time flies. I mean, come on, it's 2018. That's crazy. I think my brain is still in 2015, maybe 2014. So weeks fly by, even if you do once a month where you get together on, you know, a Saturday for brunch or something and you check in with each other, whatever it is, have a reoccurring standing meeting or call or Skype session or email where you check in, you tell each other your progress, you ask for help if you need it or feedback because feedback's nice and you just make sure each other is still showing up. So that is a huge piece of this puzzle. Step number seven. Check in along the way with yourself, as well as your accountability buddy, and readjust if you need to. So obviously, a year is a long time. It's also no time at all, right? So it's both of those things. It feels weird, but that's true. Um, and so checking in regularly with yourself on your progress is super, super important to not forgetting about the goals entirely. Say you don't have an accountability buddy, which I do not recommend, but let's just say you're going at this alone. If you set a weekly reminder for yourself, maybe Sunday evening or Monday morning or whenever feels right for you to take a look at all of your goals and see where you are that week, you should have, you know, monthly action items based on those quarterly actionable steps. So you'll know, you know, if like you're, I don't know, 11 weeks into the 12 weeks of a quarter and you haven't actually done any of those things, you'll know you need to kick it into high gear and get to moving. So it's super important. And then the second piece of that, adjust if you need to, that's crucial too because a year is a long time and a lot changes. There are goals that I set out for myself to accomplish at the beginning of 2017 that when I reflected back in October, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot that that was a goal. I've already switched gears twice since then. It's no longer something that I'm focusing on. And that's great. Um, readjusting your trajectory is just part of being a human, but it's certainly better than just coasting and forgetting about any goal at any point. 
So readjust if you need to. Things change, situations change, desires change. That's cool. Just stay on top of it. Step number eight, as you're nearing the end of your first year, your one-year career plan is like kind of coming to a close, maybe at the beginning to the middle of quarter four. So we're talking, if we're going by a calendar year, October, November. This is when you really want to start giving thought to what's next, right? What's going to be your big move for the next year? Now, your big move doesn't have to be a whole nother life-changing thing. It doesn't have to be switching companies or getting a whole new job or switching industries or starting your own company. It doesn't have to be major. A perfectly acceptable goal is more of this, please. I talk to a lot of people and I'm always curious about, you know, what's next for you? And sometimes I see the panic come across their face when they're like, oh, I mean, I kind of just want to keep doing this. Is that okay? And I'm like, hell yeah, that's okay. That means you've found something that is worth growing and worth continuing. You shouldn't have to restart every single year. Trust me, I did that for like, six years in a row, I feel like I reinvented myself a hundred times. It is exhausting and not recommended. So instead, if you do make a big move this year, maybe next year's goals are about maintenance or about small actionable steps to just growing that thing or getting better at that thing. Um, I like to think of life as seasons, right? You've got winter when you're in hibernation and you're planning. You've got spring when you like come out and you're like, yes, let's make stuff happen. You've got summer when like things are really sprouting, things are going well. Fall when you're starting to reflect and shut down. It's the same in your career. And so consider that when you're looking to the next one year career goal, big move, whatever that is, it's okay if it's just more please, more of this, that's totally fine. But as you get to that point, it's great to start reflecting back on the year or the three quarters that you just had and think, how did this go? Am I happy with how I did? Was I on top of it? Was I checking in frequently? Did I have an accountability buddy? What could I do differently next year that's going to increase the likelihood of me making another big move or just continuing to have you know, goals to hit? And finally, the last step, step number nine, is rinse, repeat forever. And this just means that this is something that you get to do, lucky you, for the entirety of your career. And again, that's not to say you have to have a major, huge, big life-changing goal every year. You probably shouldn't. However, I think there is something to be said for setting some kind of new goal that you can achieve and continue to grow and learn from year after year, because that's what makes us excited to continue to show up to work whether that's our own company or whether it's somebody else's company or whether it's, you know, you're a stay-at-home parent and you've got other goals, all of these rules and these steps totally apply to literally any part of your life. Big goals are big goals. Make those big moves with small steps, whether it's your career or your personal life or your love life or whatever. Um, I usually have a big career goal and a big personal goal. Um, you know, because I think that's fun because we're not just our jobs and we're not just our personal lives. Work-life balance, I think, is kind of a BS myth that we're all told to believe in. But in all reality, I think we're kind of just one big mush pot of work and life. And the more clear you can get about how to continue to be a better version of yourself in every area, the happier you'll be. So those are my bits of advice on how to make big moves with small steps in 2018. 
Um, I will be writing and talking about this a lot more, but if you have any specific questions, never hesitate. Hit me up on Instagram. I'm at Bailey Hancock, Bailey with no E, or shoot me an email at Bailey at BaileyHancock.com. All of those things are in the show notes. So thanks for listening. I hope this was helpful and I'll catch you next time. Bye.